This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Happy Halloween, everybody. I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman. <laughs> Dang it, I almost did it again. <laughs> Darn, Norman. I have this mug and it's empty because you, you get it right every day. I know. Well, I started the wrong one. I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 31st, episode 2048, brought to you by horselovers.com. Good morning, horse world. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm the one that's not supposed to like Halloween. Well, I, I'm excited it's Halloween because I have a kid now. Like, it never really did anything for me. But you know what's funny is there's all these scary movies on. And so Lucas and I were watching movies last night on TV. He's like, let's watch something scary. I was like, okay, let's find something scary. So I turn on and it was, I turn it on and there's a little girl that is, it has run into a car and locked the doors. And I'm like, this has potential. And so she's trying to, she's like eight. She's trying to figure out how to turn the car on. And she turns a blinker on while she's hitting all the buttons, frantically trying to get the car to start. I don't know. Eight-year-olds don't know how to drive, don't know how to turn cars on. So she turns the blinker on by accident. And you're looking at her uh, from inside the car and she's fiddling with everything. And the blinker goes light on and you can see something in the distance. Blinker off. Light on. Something is closer. Off. Blinker on, it's closer. And I was like, oh my God, I can't, I can't. Lucas was like, mom, you gotta watch. He's like, can't. Blinker on, image being is closer. Blinker off. Blinker on. And I'm like, I cover my head with a pillow, but I can look at, I'm watching Lucas and the blinker on. And you know, inevitably, it's gonna be right outside her window. And I, my five year old, screams bloody murder. <laughs> And hides under my pillow with me because it was a flipping mouthless zombie that was coming after this little girl. And I was like, how on earth does that child even film that movie? I'd be too scared to even like <laughs> pretend to be an actor in a movie like that. And a, a, a faceless zombie. Oh, that's my worst nightmare. There's nothing worse than zombies. And now I've scared myself into trick or, out of trick or treating right now. Just now. <laughs> Did you know we have a film star on this line with us right now? She went to her premiere okay. over the weekend. Okay. <laughs> what if she you're not a dancer, are you? Like that kind of film star? <laughs> um, no. no. <laughs> I star in low budget horror movies. This is okay. my third one. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, really. And how many uh, have you been killed in? How many of you are the dead person? Two out of two out of three. The first one was called Clowns Have Murderous Ways. The second one was called Victims Galore, and this one was called So Much Blood. 
Do, are people like, see, I couldn't film a movie with a scary clown in it. That guy's just walking around at the craft services table. I'd be like, go away. He's <laughs> uh, so low budget, though, Jamie. There was definitely no craft services involved. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> the clown was actually the director. <laughs> I've seen pictures of her covered in blood and dead, and she's a very effective dead person. That is one role I could play very well too. Just lay down and I'll be like, (laughs) (laughs) lay down, you're dead. You're snoring. Jemmy, have you fallen asleep as a dead person? Well, no, because I die with my eyes open. I don't know why I've I've committed to that as my role, but I always die. (laughs) (laughs) You committed to eye open death. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Now, are awesome. you guys going trick or treating tonight with the kids? Are you dressing up? Um, I am. I am. I have never been a dress up person, but now that my son is totally into the Avengers, he currently. I just sent you a picture, Glenn. You can post it. And and I'd like to ask our listeners on Facebook, and we can read it throughout the show, what you guys are going as for Halloween if you're dressing up at all, because Lucas is Iron Man. And we got like of the course. costume with the muscles the shield and all of and that. The whole thing. Th- that's Captain America. Oh, that's right. God, You're right. Glenn. Iron Man. <laughs> no, I'm so disappointed. I get my. Uh... I'm disappointed with you, Glenn, on Halloween and superhero friends. That was like <laughs> double whammy. Yeah, seriously. So, um, I am going to attempt to be Jimmy. Wait for it. I'm going to be Gamora. Do you know who Gamora is? Are you going to be green? <laughs> is she green or blue? I forget. Green. green. I bought yeah. some green face paint, and I'm gonna paint my arms green. I bought this like little leather jacket. Hey, kudos to you if you look like that when you're done. Good lord, if only I like her. <laughs> they're gonna be like, "There's some monster at the door." <laughs> I'm Captain Gamora. I'm a superhero. No, you're not, <laughs> Jimmy. What are you? Your little one. Well, I'm going, so Jordan and I, he's a chip off the old block. He loves the horror stuff just as much as I do. And he's actually, oh God, I can't believe I'm admitting this on, on public, but he's, so he's just shy of being seven and he's going as Jason Voorhees. Oh my God. <laughs> what the hell? I know. <laughs> he's so excited about his machete and everything. I'm like, oh Lord, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing when? as a mother? And then my- It's Friday the 13th, by the way. No, wait. Yeah, yes. not Nightmare on Elm Street. Friday thirteenth. Okay, those no, were the Friday thirteenth. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Has he seen then, those? Um, no. For his rec- oh. no, 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 no. Oh, but he's God. seen like imitation funny stuff, like little short videos on YouTube oh, of good. people like doing now. songs or whatever, <laughs> pretending to be. Yeah, I don't know. He hasn't actually seen them. And then to that effect, there's their YouTube videos about this video game character named Granny who traps you in her house. And walks around with a club in her nighty, and now, that's what he wants me to be. So I'm going to be Granny. <laughs> so when I go, when I stayed at her house the one time, Jojo was like, "You have to see this YouTube video," and that's what it was. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know if I'm raising him right. I don't know if I'm wrong. <laughs> Only time will tell. <laughs> this is awesome. We may have the two worst costumes of all time. <laughs> <laughs> for different reasons. Now I told uh, her Lauren Granny. Uh, she, she, lady, there's some lady in her nightgown at the door. She had to she get a it. nightgown, and I said, "Go to Goodwill to get a nightgown." And she said, "I don't want some dead no. person's nightgown." And I said, "That's what you want exactly. at Halloween. Is a dead yeah. person's no, nightgown." No, I want to pretend to be a spirit 
demon person. I don't want to have one actually clouding my, my body as I'm walking around. You got to go to Walmart, girl. I mean, that's what you got to do. That's awesome. Oh, man. All right. So uh, what is coming up on today's show, Jimmy? We have some Halloween today, don't we? We sure do. So on today's show, in our Horse Health Report, guest Michaela Whitney with Global Vet Link joins in to talk about the newest option in health certificates coming next year. Plus, we have a product review featuring Auditor Beth. We'll talk about what our listeners do for a living and debate whether or not any of us knuckleheads would be trusted with those jobs. And Kristen from Horse Nation joins us for some Halloween readings. So you don't want to miss any of it. It's a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today... Today, of course, is Halloween, and that comes with a lot of little celebrations along that theme. Carve a Pumpkin Day, National Caramel Apple Day, National Increase Your Psychic Powers Day, (laughs) National Magic Day, Scare a Friend Day, and last but not least, Seek Some of the Candy Yourself Before the Kids Start Knocking Day. (laughs) Not celebrated today is National Dentistry Day. Happy Halloween, everybody! Very well done, Jimmy. Very well done. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, my daily winnie is one of these, and it's a very big one of these. Happy birthday to us! Tomorrow, November the 1st, which we won't be here. We'll we'll have driving show, but uh, Jamie and I won't be here. But uh, happy birthday to us because it's our eighth birthday tomorrow. We started the show November 1st of 2010. That was when the first episode came out. So we're going to be going into our ninth year. Who would have thought? Wow. <laughs> no. Congratulations. I know. And, you know, for a daily show to be going into the ninth year, Jemmy, you know, about podcasting, there's got to be, what, maybe 10 in the world that have gone that long? Daily <laughs> shows? Maybe? <laughs> no, I think there's literally one. It's just you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. There's not many. You're I can like tell crazy you ones. <laughs> I can tell you that. Not many. 20. What is it? 2,048 episodes. So yeah, tomorrow. Happy birthday. And thank you so much, Jamie, for for everything. You know, when you look back at what we've gone through in our lives, we've lived our lives on the air, you especially. Um, we lived our <laughs> lives on the air, but there's been, we've moved, you've moved, we've moved several times. You've moved. I mean, there's just been, so, you've had a kid. I don't what? even think the kid was in I was the- a newlywed. When, yeah. No, I was a newlywed when we- started this show. I had just gotten married like three months earlier. Yeah, there was no even thought of kids. Matter of fact, if I had said that to her, she would have slapped me. <laughs> it was like... It's true. Yeah. I mean, so, so much has <laughs> changed. Horses have changed. God, how many horses have changed between all of us? Um, uh, you know what? Let's go ahead. I'll just put my daily winning on this one. I'm My daily winning goes out to you for actually remembering our anniversary. Congratulations. <laughs> one of us remembered this year. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I don't remember my wedding anniversary, so the fact that I'm remembering this is probably pissed off, Jennifer. Um. (laughs) (laughs) You probably had some sort of Facebook memory. You're like, hey, yes, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. No, it is. uh, It's kind of cool. I, I don't know if I thought we were going to be here eight years later. I know it's crazy. It's just crazy. Chad just walked in. It's 
our uh, eight-year anniversary. We just finished eight years of this show. I know, right? Incredible. <laughs> yeah, so happy birthday to us. And, you know, happy birthday to all. We have a lot of listeners that have been with us all eight years. So, and if you're a new listener, you got a lot of catching Chad up to has do. A, Chad, has a com- Chad has a comment. Yes. This is what he said. I, you didn't need to hear this, but no, I, 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 I told her, uh, yeah, I don't know what you... You guys are going to talk about after uh, two weeks of uh, of nonstop horsey talk, and here we are eight years later. <laughs> eight years later, unbelievable. He underestimated our power to talk. You and I. <laughs> <laughs> Many do, but none can surpass <laughs> the nonsense that we can talk about on the show. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, there you go. That's perfect. <laughs> The, hey. the utter nonsense. So we've completed eight years. Wow, that's amazing. It is amazing. And, you know, it's 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 hard to believe that we're doing our fourth Radiothon coming up. Hey, I have an exciting announcement on that, too. Like every like every day, I have exciting announcements about Radiothon. You know Gene Abernathy, who does Fergus the Horse, uh, does the books mm-hmm. and the cartoons, the comics. And she has she's super sweet and super nice. And she's she makes you look tall. She's tiny. And, yeah, but she's tiny. With a huge personality. <laughs> um, but she is donating this year, and she doesn't do many of these. She's donating a custom drawing where you send her like an 8 by 10 picture of your horse or you and your horse or whatever, and she will actually draw Fergus into the scene. So you can frame that and hang it up. It's one Aww. of the, Yeah, so she doesn't do Aww. these very often. It's a custom Fergus that's put with your horse. And she's given one of those away at Radiothon as one of the prizes. So along with her new So it Christmas looks like book. your horse is with Fergus. Your horse yeah. is hanging out with Fergus. Yes. Oh, that's cool. And then you can frame it, put it on the wall, and there's just not many of those out there. So it's kind of a priceless thing. That <clears throat> we can't put a price on it. So yeah, that's uh that's one of the that we're gonna give that away in the first hour because Jean's such a favorite of ours. We both met her and she's she's so much fun. She's gonna be on the show here in a week or two too, talking about her new book. Fergus has a new Christmas book out. So it'll be a perfect stocking stuffer this year. Nice. All right, let's go right to uh, our health segment. What do you say? Sounds good. So coming up uh, next, we have is Michaela Whitney. She is with Global VetLink. So we're gonna talk about something I that I was waiting for you to play. Play the sound. Oh, yes. Don't Sorry you have about like that. a bumper for it? Yeah, but it wasn't scary today. So that's why I didn't play it because it didn't. Like, you, do you want me to play it? Eight years. We've been doing this show the same every <laughs> Wednesday. The same, but now today I'm going to It's the time it for the Horses in the Morning <laughs> Horse Health Report. When our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. And we're not going to terrify or gross out anybody today, Glenn. Um, we are going to talk to Michaela Whitney with Global VetLink. Let's go ahead and bring her in and say good morning. Hey, Michaela. Hi, how are you? We are wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, being with us on, on Halloween. Are you dressing up? Absolutely. Are you going to go for Halloween today? Um, I'm not planning on it today. Okay, so you have no kids. Question answered. (laughs) No, I do not have any kids. (laughs) (laughs) Now, tell us about uh, Global VetLink and what this is. It's an extended equine 
Certificate of Veterinary Inspection. Talk to us about it. Yes. So Global VetLink is a company, we create software uh, that helps the animal health field. So we have been in business for about 20 years now. And we got started actually with digital equine health certificates or digital equine infectious anemia certificates and health certificates. So we have been working on this new program called Extended Equine Health Certificates. And we've been working very closely with state veterinarians, um, primarily in Montana and Wyoming. And what this program does is it allows horse owners to move on a health certificate for up to six months. So Rather than your 30-day health certificate, you're going to be able to move um, a lot more frequently without having to go back to your vet every single time for a health certificate. That's fantastic because I just moved uh, to Oklahoma from Phoenix and we kept having to postpone and, and to decide when we'd be able to get the health certificates done versus when I'm actually going to leave because we didn't want to do it too far out in case things change because you only have 30 days. So how, how does this yeah. work? I mean, how can you predict the horse's health for six months? Sure. So, um, the way the program works is you'll still have to go to your vet just like you would every year for your, um, EIA certificates or your Coggins certificates. And the program works in that the health certificate is valid for up to six months, um, but it's based off of the validity of your Coggins. So you do need to have a current Coggins. So say if it's only good for three months, then you're only able to move on that EECVI for that three-month time period. So you do have to have a valid EIA. And then the health certificate is really on a permitting process. So we have been working on, with the states on how do we make that work well. And we have uh, animal owner login for horse owners to log into our system, and they will actually be the ones that will go in and submit their movement information. So they'll submit where they're at and where they're going to go with their horse, and it will actually generate uh, what we call a movement permit for them to go. I, so I live in Florida, and Florida is notorious for having the health inspection stations at the border. Uh, not every state has yes. them, but we do. Um, and they're very picky. They'll pull you over if you try and bypass that sucker. Uh, not that I know that for any particular reason. But the so is this going to count for that? Like, I, this is what I could use or or what? Yes. So it would replace the typical idea of having your EIA in your Coggins certificate, or sorry, your EIA or Coggins in your health certificate. Um, basically, to move to any state right now in the U.S., um, you have to have an EIA, you have to have a health certificate, and then some of them will have uh, brand inspection requirements as well. So the way that they have, the state vets have formulated this program is to meet those basic requirements already. Um, so to have an extended equine health certificate, you're already going to meet those basic requirements. So you can move to any participating state with an EECVI. And does this mean it'll be on my phone or do I still have to print something out or I can just show them on my phone or, how, you know, how's that going to work? Yes. So that will probably depend on each state's, um, the way that they like to see it. Every state's a little bit different in that respect. So 
Um, you will have a PDF that you can print off. Uh, we will also make it available on mobile devices as well. So that's something that I can't necessarily speak well to. That'll be more of a state uh, preference, whether they want to see that in a printed format or um, electronic. So what happens if I'm in Florida and I'm moving to Tennessee? But to, And so Florida is okay with it and Tennessee is okay with it. But what about Georgia in the middle? What if they don't accept it? So does it have to be uh, kind of universally throughout the entire country accepted? Or can you say, hey, I'm going from here to here? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Good questions. <laughs> yes. So this is something I had to work with the state vets quite a bit on. So not every state will participate right off the bat. Um, we did here last week. We have close to 40 states that are participating um, some of them will have to, they will have to have rule changes for that to happen. Um, so if you plan to travel through a state that doesn't currently participate in the program, you'll, if you offload your animals off of the trailer or whatever you're carrying them on, you will have to comply with that state's regulations. So gotcha. If you offload your horses in Georgia, then you'll still need to have that health certificate and meet those requirements for that state. Let me guess. California is going to hold out to last. Um, that'll be the last. <laughs> that's, that's a guess. Uh, so so I don't think I'm... So we've moved horses. Not all states are really checking on this stuff because we've moved horses before and not had anybody check. Florida was a different story, but you know we moved to Kentucky horse capital of the world, and nobody ever checked uh, our certificates or even if we had one. You got lucky. Because if, if you do get pulled over, Glenn, by somebody who is knowledgeable of the... I Like, I got pulled over one time in... Oh, gosh, I can't even remember where. And I had just had the horse trailer. I didn't even have any horses in it. They were like, can I see your health papers for the horses? I was like, it's empty. The trailer's empty. <laughs> so... So I haven't pulled over. I didn't have to provide anything. Um, but when you go to California, there's an ag station, there's one in Florida. And then I think it's just kind of in between like the people that like the horse hotel I stayed at in New Mexico required the paperwork and the van company that shipped a couple horses required the paperwork. So I just got them all done just in case. Okay. So that I guess sense. I'm a little thick and still confused. So you're going to have to help me out here, Michaela. I don't understand what's different okay. about this than what I get from my vet and the way we have been doing it. Yes. So what's different about this is that it's very owner-centered. So you actually, as the owner, will go in and you will submit your movement information. <clears throat> so your vet doesn't have to go in and create a health certificate for each stop along your destination you as the equine owner or the horse owner, you're the one that's going to go in and you're going to submit, okay, I'm here and I'm going to move here. And then our system will actually generate a movement permit for you. Gotcha. Are you so getting... it basically keeps you up to date, Glenn, like if you're competing your horses in various states, like uh, say all the way through New England and you're staying a week at each, you can't, you, it would suck to have to have a health certificate that said, I've got to go here and then another one for the next place and another one for the next place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So I got that, but mm -hmm. are, am I submitting, am I submitting my vet, am I submitting the, my vet records? Or are you getting that directly from the vet? So the vet's involved here at some point saying, okay, this horse is healthy. So how are you getting that information? Yes. 
Yes, good question. So we have um, vets in our system will actually log in and they will submit some information for you to begin with. So that will include your animal information, uh, making sure that your animal meets the official ID requirement. Um, and then they'll also make sure that you have a current EIA or Coggins test. Um, so they'll submit that basic information for you. And then that will push actually to your animal owner login where you can log in. You should be able to pull that up and see it. And you'll go in and go, okay, I'm here and I'm going to move here. So the animal owner really goes in and submits where they're wanting to move to. Or if they're going to, a, like she said, if they're going on a, a road trip or something like that. We have a listener, actually. Yeah. You know who I'm thinking about. We have an auditor, Jamie, who is travel literally sold her house is living out of the trailer and traveling around the country with her horses. And one of the things we talked about is what a nightmare this would be for her because she's moving all the time. Right. Yep. Yeah. So that's really what this program is getting at is people that are moving a lot. If you move on circuits or if you're moving for trail rides, um, it's really beneficial for everybody that's moving interstate really frequently. And is it so when, when is it available? Um, is it available now? And are you seeing a good uh, opt-in rate? Yes. So it's available on January 1st of 2019. Um, we are working to get that ready to go right now. We actually have a webinar next week. So we're going to talk a little bit more about it as well as show um, our users as well as anyone that's interested in it uh, what that looks like. Uh, Dr. Zalewski from the state of Montana, as well as Dr. Uh, Winslow from the state of Wyoming will be there uh, talking more on the regulatory aspects of the program. So we were getting geared up to get it released. Uh, we do have quite a bit of people that are very interested in it. So, Well, good luck with it. I mean, anything to streamline the hassle that we all have to go through as horse owners in many ways is better. So uh, good luck with it. And let us know, uh, keep us informed of when it does go live so then we can give out the information. It's globalvetlink.com. Globalvetlink.com yeah. is the website. Thank you, Michaela, and happy Halloween. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. So, you know, I was thinking about Jessica, you know, who's traveling across the country and going, oh, that would be a hassle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, you don't have a regular vet either, right? I mean, you can't, you're not going back to your original vet if you're on the road for a long time. And like, speaking to that, can I just give you a little perspective of what it's like to move to a new place where you know nobody? Can I mean, <laughs> sure. I've done it a few uh, times. Speaking, but... <laughs> of, speaking of veterinarians, but like, so, so here's the deal. Uh, this is, I just, it's, it's just an Oklahoma thing. I don't know. You call people, they don't call you back. Like, it's like, does anybody actually no, want to work that's not an Oklahoma thing. It living? happens here in Ocala, too. We Gosh, bitch about it all the time. You, don't, the, I've been calling this farrier ever. I'm like, I'll call you four oh, times a day. I'll, I will call. <laughs> I will keep calling. You will. I will be your ghost. Okay. <laughs> now, if, the, if this doesn't, person doesn't call me back. So I call a vet because I need to get pink's teeth floated and so i ca i call this one clinic and i'm like hi um 
are you guys taking new clients? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we do, we don't do mobile. So you got to haul the horse to them, really? which is such a pain to do just any routine stuff. So this is the one everybody's recommended to me. Well, uh, yeah, I said, yeah, I'd like to get an appointment to flip my, my horse's teeth. Well, he ain't going to be here for three more weeks. <laughs> what? What do you mean he's not here? What do they do there's with the colicky horses? In, <laughs> there's a show up in Oklahoma City. He's going to be up for the next three weeks. I was like, but he's the vet at the clinic. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so there's nobody that's treating horses? Nope. No, we just got the test. I'm like, why are you even there answering the phone? <laughs> So I said, what do I do if I have an emergency? I just moved here. And they were like, well, uh, give me the name of a mobile vet. So I call her. She's lovely. She finally, she said, her voicemail was like, I'll call you back within 24 hours. I mean, 24 hours to the minute she called me back. (laughs) One whole day. So, oh, she doesn't do teeth, but she's got a guy, you know, so she's going to come over and give me the sedation and then to meet the the dentist meets over there. So anyway, this is a big process. Oh, that just means it just went up to $500. <laughs> exactly. And so now it's another like week and a half up until this appointment. And I said, well, what do I do if I have an emergency? It's taking you a week and a half to get out here to do this. What happens if there's an emergency? She's like, well, I see regular clients for emergencies, but I don't see, um, you know, that's, I, I see regular clients. And I was like, so what does that make me <laughs> like, like basically can I call you if I have an emergency? She's like, Oh, you're on the client list now. Yes, you, you are. I was like, okay, so I've got somebody to come out, but I'm really surprised at the lack of date, lack of days ago, like manner of people around here. That is I, not like, just Oklahoma. Oh my gosh. The bug guy. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know. I get out there in a couple weeks. I'm like, Oh my God, don't you work for a living? <laughs> I got a fence guy. He's like, yeah, I get out there. What for was a that quote. book, Jemmy, that we all had to read when we went to, when we were in business, uh, making friends and influencing people. I'm not sure Jamie ever read that book. Um, I know. You know what I've realized I have to do because I called this, I, somebody, one of our listeners suggested that I call the farrier supply store in Norman to see, to get a reference for a farrier. So I called him a week ago and left a message. And then I called two days after that. And then I called two days after that. And then I called two days after that and nobody would call me back and they won't give me any, I'll give her your number. I'm like, okay. So Chad get, we get in the car and I'm like, we're going down there. <laughs> so we drove to the farrier supply store yesterday and lo and behold, right next to the phone was a big old note taped with Jamie Jennings keeps calling looking for a rip for a farrier. <laughs> and I'm like, hi, <laughs> that's me. And I need some numbers right now. Okay. Do you think, do you I'm think so that before you moved there, people that have heard the show, there, there's like a Facebook page you don't know about. It was posted on there. If Jamie Jennings calls you, do not. <laughs> I'm a great client. I'm like, I have eight horses right now that currently all need shoes. Like, what's the problem? Let's, let's get this going. Uh, I just, I'm like, I, you know, if somebody needs me, I'm going to be there. I'm going to do it. Let's go. Let's make it happen here. The demeanor is like, well, I reckon I get to it in about a month or so. I'm like, no, <laughs> come on. 
Sorry, I'm venting. Uh, I need to cleanse. Oklahoma horse scene will never be the same. <laughs> no, like get your ass done. Let's go. Get it together. Get moving. Let's get this. Make it happen. I will leave you alone once you do your job. Okay. I will. I will leave you alone. But until then, I'm going to be your hey, worst Jimmy, nightmare. Hey, Jimmy, let's do a side <laughs> bet. Uh, six months or a year, she makes it in Oklahoma. What do you think? Uh, I don't see the problem, Jamie. I mean, a post-it note next to the phone is exactly what spurs action. I don't see the issue. But <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because I saw that it was a piece. Of, it was like a half of an eight by ten, you know, and it's at the top of it. It said. <laughs> my name and number and she's an inventor and she's looking for a ferry or eight horses. And then under that, it goes, she called again. <laughs> <laughs> then under that, I was like, she called again. Do, do you think that maybe means that they have nobody they would recommend to anybody? Well, as soon as I walked in there and I made eye contact and I shook hands with them and introduced myself, they gave me the damn phone numbers. Okay. <laughs> and make it happen. <laughs> I Six reckon. months. I wait. You know, I was going to give her a year, but now I'm changing that. Uh, oh, my farrier actually <laughs> told me I wouldn't make it a year. <laughs> Three weeks, Glenn. That's my prediction. Three <laughs> I'm going to have to move back to Arizona to get shoes on my horses. <laughs> I can't even ride rocket right now. I need damn shoes. Let me ask a question. See, this may be. This may. You might be right. Let's get the answer to this question first. Have you unpacked one box? Oh my God. I'm moving into a thousand square foot house. I keep having to unpack boxes and then take one item out and repack them. Cause I'm like, ah, I don't need that stuff. I don't have anywhere to put it. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Take a deep breath. We're going to take a break for a, I just, Glenn, I bought a horse so I can have a horse to ride and I can't even ride the damn horse because it needs shoes. Do you know how frustrated I am? <laughs> you have nice grass there. You're fine. It doesn't need shoes. You're fine. You go barefoot. Um, oh my God. I think probably... a post-it note next to the telephone is your first world problem. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps calling and calling and calling. Oh my God. All right. Let's take a uh, break for horselovers.com. A product review from one of our terrific auditors that Jennifer did for us. And we're going to be back in a minute. I, I got to tease what's coming up, though. And this is a fun list that we're going to be doing today. Something a little different. One of the auditors in the auditor room asked what everybody does for a living. And... <laughs> As we've always said on this show, they're a hell of a lot smarter than we ever have been or are or could be. So we're going to go down through the list and we're going to determine between the three of us if any of us could do any of these jobs, if like we actually could do them. Um, so we're going we're gonna to do that in just a minute. But first, a product review. It's my favorite time of the show. Woohoo! It's product review time. That is when one of our steady listeners takes some time out of their day sit down and tell us about a product that they got from horselovers.com and they tested it and they're going to let us know whether or not they loved it, loved it a lot, and other things about it. And sitting with me this evening is Beth Hagee. Hi, Beth. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, where in the world are you? And tell me a little bit about your horsey self. So I'm from Westminster, Maryland, in the middle of nowhere, right near the PA line. And we have eight horses at the house. So lots of dirt, lots of mud, and happy fat horses. There we go. Perfect. Then you got to test out the Aficionalis Leather Cream. Now, there's a whole bunch of words in Spanish in between the words Aficionalis and leather. But let's just leave it at leather cream. What is it, and what did you use it for? Okay, so it basically is a leather moisturizer, and it says to use it, you can use it on saddles. But I... Uh, 
went outside the box and used it on my Ford Explorer and it smelled great. Uh, I opened it up. It was almost like body butter, but for leather. So I went and I cleaned out. I did a normal leather cleaner, let that dry and did all the instructions for that. Then I put the leather cream on my car, made it soft, beautiful. And um, that's probably a month ago and they're still lovely. It's great. I would use it again. I'm going to use it again. <laughs> You're going to use it again. And does it indeed smell like almonds? It does. It smells great. I might even let Matt use it for his saddles. There we go. If I'm feeling nice. If you're feeling nice. So this is a good yeah. moisturizer for tack and leather upholstery. Yes. And the Officinalis leather cream is available at horselovers.com. That's horselovers with a Z. Dot com as we record this review for $24.95. Well, thank you very much, Beth, for stopping by and doing a product with you with us. Well, thanks for having me. Well, and of course, you can find Horse Lovers at horseloverswithaz.com. Now, I was just on there today, and they are in the Halloween spirit in that they have all of the EquiSafety products on sale, and that's the bright orange and things that we all wear when we're riding, especially on the roads. And they have them for as low as $9.99. I know we own the jackets and the vests and a couple of the different things. They make a doggy one, so if you take your dog for walks a lot or you take them out in the woods a lot and don't want your dog getting shot in hunting season, they make the little bright orange coats with the reflective strips and everything. That's all available right now at horselovers.com. It's on sale for Halloween today. I have the hot pink jacket. I love it. <clears throat> yep, we, we wear ours all the time. We live in a neighborhood that most, I would say the average age of the residents is about 95 and they, <laughs> they should, need all the help they can. They should be driving, and we're not counting on them seeing really well. So we dress from like head to toe in fluorescent. Nice. Um, all right. So this was posted by one of our auditors in the auditor room. We're not going to give away names here because we don't have permission to do that. But we're going to go down through these. And between Jemmy and Jamie and I, we're going to figure out, could any of us do these jobs? Are we qualified to do the jobs that our listeners do? All right. So how about we start? No, for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about we start with pharmacy technician? Jamie, would you trust me to dole out the correct bills? Uh, no, never. <laughs> Not at all. But like, I need some allergy pills and all of a sudden I've got like hydrocodone. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not it, Glenn. <laughs> it is blue. <laughs> <laughs> that's Viagra, Glenn. I don't I, need blue pills. I know. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Uh, how about a wood model maker in the auto I know who this is too in the automotive in- industry they actually make wood models of prototypes of cars that's a job <laughs> yes so like wow. ford will come to them and say okay we want to do a mock up of this new car that we want to do and they actually make a whole wood model full size out of it isn't that cool <laughs> so, oh my god full size awesome yes isn't huh. that neat and uh, no i could not do that <laughs> Not in hundred years. <laughs> it would not look like a car. Jimmy, you up for limbs left and right? <laughs> <laughs> You're not up for wood model, and Jamie couldn't do it because no. she cut off a finger for sure. <laughs> There'd be power tools involved. That's big now. Yeah, hmm. no, we're not doing that one. How about? Oh, this one I could do. I found one I could do. A theater technician. I could. Well, wait a minute. That's the guy that actually does the lighting and stuff. Nope, I'm out. 
You uh, can do that work. You, you, <laughs> you can do it. There would be lights everywhere. There would be nobody would be lighted correctly. I couldn't do that one. No. Um, the CIA CIA operative was on the list, and I really do, I think somebody must have been joking because. If you're a CIA operative, you don't tell people. It's like Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. (laughs) But could you be a CIA CIA operative? Jamie, no way in hell, because you talk about everything. You You pay me to do that. You don't pay me to be quiet. I'll be quiet. (laughs) Jamie, you up for CIA operative? Could you be a spy? How do you know I'm not one already? Oh, she could be a spy. See, that answer was the correct spy <laughs> answer. That was. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I've been out. I've been on trips with her with this show, and and uh, she is a little shady. I gotta say. All of a sudden, I start speaking foreign languages. Yes, you do. Every yeah. place we go, she's talking a different <laughs> language with people. It's like what? Um, Jamie, you have one on here that you have done. I am a vet tech. Yes. Yes. Uh, It's kind of my job between jobs. Anytime I ever got fired from a radio job, I'd go back to be a vet tech. And you could do that again. (laughs) So So, uh, another one that none of us are going to be signing up for because we, we want people to actually live is civil engineer. Can you imagine one of us designing a bridge? That would actually hold up. Especially not you. You're afraid of them. I know. <laughs> or a bridge or a, a skyscraper. No. I see I see something on this list that I'm about to be. My next job. Oh, what is that? Farrier. <laughs> <laughs> I got a supply store down the street. I'm like, I'll just go do my own horseshoes. <laughs> Can't get a damn person out here to put some shoes on a horse. When I do, you're, I'm gonna take a million pictures. Hey, Jimmy, I found one for you. Paramedic, you have been one of those. Yeah, it's true. I have been. Yay! You could do that again if you had <laughs> People to. People actually trust me with their lives. <laughs> In New Orleans, of all places. Um, <laughs> they don't know they're, any better down there. Too drunk to know. <laughs> how about how about a structural biologist? I don't even know what that is. I, know, I have no idea. I, know, I guess bones and joints and stuff. I don't know. That's just, that's interesting. I always thought plant pathologists and seed scientists very interesting. Those two, those are so random. We have a lot of like really technical science weenie people that listen to this show. And doesn't that make you wonder why they listen to us of all people? Uh, maybe they, they need a break. The <laughs> <laughs> maybe they need a break from like serious stuff, and that's why they come to us because that's the only reason I can think of. A plant pathologist. <laughs> do they do autopsies? Is that on plants? I think that was supposed to be funny, but I'm not sure if you're trying to be funny or if you're actually asking that question. <laughs> Like, I don't, I'm hesitant to laugh at him just in case he was serious. (laughs) (laughs) How about an optometrist? Is anybody trusting any of us with their eyeballs? Optometrist. That's just, uh, that's just getting glasses, right? I mean, that's like, I say that an (laughs) ophthalmologist is the one that does surgery, right? Oh, that's true. That is true. But I think optometrists actually go to school and stuff. And then that would require us to do that. 
So I just got glasses and what they do is they make you put your chin on this thing and that you have to like count where the fuzzies are, the lights are. And uh I failed by the way, I now have glasses. However, what they didn't tell me was there, put your chin on here and don't pull back. And I was like, Oh my God, are you going to stick a needle in my eye? (laughs) They're like, it's just a puff of air. And I'm like, that's what they say before they're going to stick a needle in my eye. <laughs> She's like, it's not a needle. I'm like, you're lying. <laughs> I was terrified. I still hate the puff of air. It's awful. It's awful, right? Oh, and the worst uh, part is when they put those awful. drops in and your eyes are like f- screwed. I almost said a bad word. They are screwed up for like hours. Did you almost see the F word. I did. You got it. Oh my God. Dilated. <laughs> yeah, when they dilate your eyes. Oh, that's awful. Here's one. We could do this. All three of us could do this because Jemmy's had some experience. I've had some experience. Oh and I'm not sure about Jamie, but we could we could teach her something. Is a restaurant nightclub owner. We could all three have our own restaurant. What do you think? <laughs> I waited tables. Okay, my experience is Yeah. Go ahead, Jamie. No, I waited tables, so I would want no part of that. (laughs) (laughs) I was a cook. Between you waiting tables, I was a cook, and she was a bouncer. We're covered. Oh. (laughs) Oh, Together, we can run one. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're good. We're good. (laughs) We can do breakfast in the morning. Um, Handmade glassware. Well, there's a specific occupation. We're not qualified for that. Uh, creative inventory no, specialist. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Isn't inventory inventory? Now we're adding creative inventory specialist. Isn't inventory? It is what it is. You're not really so being creative. You've got like six books. You're like, hmm, I feel like there's 27 flowers. Like, <laughs> you just make something up because you're creative. I don't know what that means. Okay. Can I just, can we, we should stop this because all of these people that do these jobs are going to send us nasty notes about their <laughs> what they do for a living. Well, we're basically <laughs> just showing that we're not qualified for any of them. One of them is a lawyer. They're going to sue. <laughs> it's an environmental lawyer. We're okay. Uh, Although (laughs) although we put out a lot of hot air, so they might sue us for that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) We have a lot of smart listeners. I think that was another one of those jokes, Jamie. Yeah, that was another one. I couldn't even pretend to laugh at that. I'm trying here. I'm trying. You guys are not (laughs) keeping up today. Play a song, for God's sake. Move on. It's Halloween. Uh, All right, it's Halloween, (laughs) and we're going to be telling some news stories in just a minute. Kristen's going to join us in a few minutes. But we have one of the stories from last year that we produced that we're going to play for you while we're waiting for Kristen to get on here. And then we have three news stories, and these were all written by fans of Horse Nation or our listeners. So it's a lot of fun. Here we go. Tale of the Night Watchman by Julie DeYoung. It was a fall evening, and I had left the barn, decided to stop by the local watering hole on my way home. They were used to people stopping by in barn clothes for a post-ride beer, or a group of horse girls out for a couple glasses of wine to discuss how their hack went that day. But tonight, I was by myself, so I bellied up to the bar, 
grabbing an empty bar stool next to a stranger. After signaling the bartender for my usual Rolling Rock beer, it's got a pony on the label, you know. I uploaded my latest Between the Ears photo to Facebook and was checking to see what my various friends around the social media world were up to when the guy next to me starts to make conversation. Now, he didn't look like the typical horsey set that frequented this bar. In fact, he looked a bit seedy, with long and kempt hair pulled back into a ponytail and a Grateful Dead t-shirt and grungy jeans. He could tell by my attire that I was a horse girl, so he made the obvious comment. So, you like, ride horses? Glancing up from my smartphone, I said, yes, I ride at the stable down the road. By his conversational style and dress, I concluded that he was an ex-hippie or some sort of surfer dude. You know, he said, like, I used to work there. Oh, really, I said. I don't recall seeing you there. That's because I used to work the night shift, keep an eye on the place after everybody was gone to be sure nobody came in and messed with the horses, he said. You ever been there after everybody else has left and they turn off all the lights at the barn? Well, no, I don't believe I ever have, I responded. Well, take it from me, I wouldn't if I were you. I lasted a little over a year, but I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, I hear working nights can be really difficult, I replied sympathetically. It wasn't that. Like, I'm kind of a night owl anyhow, so I thought it'd be cool, you know, just to get paid to stay up all night, hang out with the horses, you know? And and it was cool for a while. I'd sit in the riders' lounge with all the lights off, so it's not encouraging anybody to come in. And I'd sit and I'd look out into the indoor arena through that looking glass. There's a little bit of light from the security lights and exit signs. Now I'd hang out, maybe smoke a little pot, you know, take a stroll around the barn just to make sure everything's okay every once in a while. And then go back to the lounge, maybe listen to some Hendrix, you know, just chill. So, so one night I'm hanging out. It was a full moon, so some light came in through the row of windows up in the dormer. All of a sudden I see the gate swing open to the indoor. Now nobody's supposed to be there, and I'd just done a walk around and hadn't seen anybody or any activity at all. But I could see something moving in the indoor arena, passing in and out of the shadows, circling around on the rail. Now, I'm not a horse guy, man. I just think they're pretty, you know. I don't know anything about riding them. But whatever it is seems to be going in some pattern and that it's crisscrossing the arena seems to be actually jumping stuff. So I'm totally bamboozled. I can't figure out what could be going on. Did a horse get loose and somehow it's in the indoor arena running around? Did a rider come back and decide to take a ride in the dark? I mean, like, man, why would somebody do that? So I keep watching, trying to figure out what the heck is going on. I finally decide to work up the nerve to go over and flip on the lights to see what's out there. I ease out of the lounge, and I work my way down the hall where the switch is for the lights to the indoor. Now I can not only see the shadows moving around, I can hear the hoof steps. Something is definitely in the indoor. So now I'm annoyed. Who's out here messing around with stuff in the dark? They're not supposed to be here, not in the dark. It's not safe. Yeah, yeah, I know horses have better eyesight in the dark than people do, but it's still not right. So I decide I'm going to give them a bit of a scare. Flip on the lights all at once and teach them a lesson, you know? So I get to the light switch and I'm waiting, listening to those steps circling around the arena and I wait till it's coming closer to me. I want to be close enough to see the face of that rider when I turn on the lights, you know, see their reaction. I hear the hoof beats, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, coming closer and closer. So I start a countdown in my mind, five, four, three, two, 
one and I flip the switch. So I'm looking up, you know, so I can catch the expression on the rider's face. But man, there's no rider. It's just a horse. One of those dark brown ones with the black feet and the tail. You know, a big stocky body, long legs, flowing tail. And the steps never falter. It just keeps on coming. By this time, my bar buddy has worked himself up into quite a frenzy. He's panting and his eyes are wild. Whoa, settle down, I say. So a horse got out. No big deal. You caught him and you put him back in his stall, right? You don't understand. It was a horse, all right, but not only did it not have a rider, it didn't have a head. It was a headless horse, man. Needless to say, I got the hell out. I turned and I ran and I never went back. I called the next day and told the stable manager what I happened, but he didn't believe me. They accused me of being high and hallucinating. I'm telling you, that was no hallucination. So anyhow, if I were you, I wouldn't be there much after dark, especially on a full moon night. I mean, I've heard of bridalists and bareback, but headless? No thanks, man. He got up to leave. Hey, before you go, what's your name? I asked. No, people around here call me Icky, but my mother calls me Ichabod. You be careful going home now, okay? Well, we're back. Thank you so much for joining us on this Halloween. We're, we're going to be joined in a few minutes here by Kristen to tell you some more stories that were written by listeners. I do want to put a plug in, though. Uh, Jemmy and I, we just released an episode, didn't we, Jemmy? We sure did. It we- was great. We just released an <laughs> this episode. This is our anniversary. That's right. It's our one-year anniversary for the Finding Florida podcast. If you haven't had a chance to listen yet, please uh, do give it a try. We just released a episode where we went. I took Jemmy on a surprise visit to... and you sure did. Should we say... Yeah, well, it's in the note. We can say what it is because we promoted it. Uh, so, Jamie, believe it or not, there is a national croquet center. And that's where you took her as a surprise? You should see this place. <laughs> it's, yeah, because I knew that you know, she... That was my initial reaction, Jamie, but it actually ended up being a super fun time. <laughs> we had a great time. They yeah, have... but I mean, is that like one of those things that like, she hey, would, she would we're never surprise you with a croquet. She would never do or agree to if I had told her about it. <laughs> that's why it was a no, surprise. Because it was accurate. <laughs> it would have never happened otherwise. But she actually had a great time. She ended up uh she ended up like beating me. She did a great she did a great job and had never played croquet before. So uh, it was a lot of fun. And then we went to eat this this I'm just telling this story to gross Jamie out. So um then we oh, went God. to God <laughs> We went to, I'm not going to tell you what happened, but we went to eat the Florida's, um... Is this the hamburger place I saw pictures of? Yes. Did you see the picture of the burger? Oh, God, yeah. It was about 10 pounds. And, uh... You'll have to listen to the show to know whether we, Jimmy and I, were able to knock that puppy out. (laughs) But we did eat something that I wanted to tell you about. It was so good, too. Have you ever had poutine? Uh, I guess not, considering it sounds familiar, but I don't know what it is. Okay, so it's a Canadian thing, uh, and all our Canadian listeners now are going, yes, they're talking about something Canadian. Um, It's a Canadian thing, and what it is is really crispy French fries that is topped with cheese curds and gravy, usually brown gravy. Now, that's where you would be off because it's usually brown gravy, which is beef gravy. Mm. 
But they used a vegetarian brown gravy that was the best gravy I have ever tasted in my life. I got goosebumps Mm. eating it. I don't know what they made it out of, but (laughs) I really did. It was so good. It was the best poutine I've ever had. Uh, It was so good. And they make like six different kinds of poutine. So if you ever see poutine and they have vegetarian gravy, you ought to give it a try. You'll love it. Okay. So let me get this straight. This is French fries topped with cheese curds, topped with gravy. (gasps) So good. Jamie, I'm not even saying I could have eaten that all day. (laughs) Yeah, but then at the end of the day, when you're having cardiac arrest (laughs) from your arteries being clogged. (laughs) No, 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 no. We went we went and took care of it with lots and lots of beer. That just helped move everything right through our system. That's right. <laughs> lots That's right. of beer afterwards. Because <laughs> after that, we actually did go. We went to Oktoberfest, one of the biggest ones. And when you're eating the poutine, yeah. do you sit there? Remember the the Saturday Night Live skit with all the the bears, you know? And they would like one guy, Chris Farley, would always have a heart attack and like bang himself in the chest, you know, to like get his heart started again. That was you guys, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. If anything was giving Glenn a heart attack that day. Uh, and making his heart go flutter a little too much. It was meeting Miss Oktoberfest that night. He, he couldn't. He he enjoyed himself talking to her. Let oh, me tell you. she was really good looking. Uh, <laughs> Miss Oktoberfest was really good looking. I have to say, and she was intelligent and witty. And and uh, yeah, I I had a little trouble doing that interview. I hear actually. a little bit of a crush behind his voice. <laughs> I feel like you're going to get yourself in trouble if you keep talking. <laughs> so that's all on this latest episode. What episode number is it? Thirteen B. 13B. All right. Do you realize, Jamie, we did some numbers. We have done 77 stops in our episodes over the last year. We have actually done 77 things. Um, (laughs) We've eaten at 60 restaurants. It's just crazy. We've interviewed like 80 people. It's crazy the amount of things we've done over the last year. So everybody, if you haven't got a chance to take a listen, go to FindingFloridaPodcast.com or find it on any of your podcast players. And what's the broken bone count, Glenn? Uh, two at this point, and they'd both be mine. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> they'd both be mine. All right, let's get Kristen on here. Kristen, are you there? Good morning. Good morning. Kristen is with Horse Nation, of course. She's the editor there, chief uh, bottle washer. And she put together last year, she contacted me and said, let's do a joint writing contest about Halloween. And uh, so we did that last year. We read some of them. You just heard one Kristen read. And we have some new ones today. So how did we do this year? What do we have coming up today? We've got three great stories that were sent in by uh, readers and listeners. Um, so we have the Puka, the Omen Horse, and the Coven. So those are nice, ominous titles. They definitely are. And this is so much fun to do. And we just, you know, we just did the list of occupations that our listeners have, and we determined we pretty much can't do any of them because we're not smart enough. And I've <laughs> determined that about people in our audience when it comes to creativity, too. They're much more creative than we are. So do you guys want to hear the first one? Now, I pre-recorded this one because Jamie the other day said, we should have a contest and see who's a better reader and who has the best story and everything. And I thought, well, then I'm going to cheat. So I... So I pre-recorded mine and put some sound effects in it, and I'm going to have the best story because um, I'm the boss and I have all the buttons, and that is a certain advantage. So here we go. This is called The Puka. (laughs) 
This is one of the winners of this year's Halloween short story contest, Kim Watts and her spooky tale, The Puka. In Southern California, we have a very strong, extremely dry wind phenomenon called the Santa Anta winds, or the Santa Anas. The unrelenting, pounding force of the winds can turn respectable souls into something quite different. It is common knowledge among police and emergency departments that the winds will bring the crazies out, as sure as a full moon will. One Saturday in October during the winds, when riding seemed foolhardy, a group of us sat around the barn trading horse stories. This story stuck out among the others. It was told about a black gelding of uncertain heritage named the Puka. A Puka is a hobgoblin from Irish folklore. It can be both good and bad fortune. It can take the form of large animals, often a horse. A puka is said to call out the names of those it wants to take upon its midnight rides. Well, puka was written by a teenage girl named Kyla, who seemed to have more than the average share of good fortune. Kyla was quite successful in the show ring. In western gear, he looked every bit of a quarter horse. In the hunter ring, he looked more warm blood. During their years together, little oddities were noticed. Kyla would find small sums of money or jewelry, which were never claimed. People would come into their lives at opportune times, while troublesome issues and more than one problematic boyfriend seemed to just disappear. One story goes that Puka got loose and led everyone on a wild chase, only to return to the horse trailer a short time later. As they set off for home, their travel was slowed by a major accident. The accident had happened only minutes before. If it weren't for Puka... The strangest incident happened the night Puka disappeared. Only days before Halloween, the Santa Anas blew fierce over the farm and howled through the barns. All the horses were tucked safely into their stalls. Late into the night, above the din, the sound could be heard of names being called. As the barn owner went to check it out, he could see one of the barns engulfed in flames. Unfortunately, when the fire was finally put out, the barn had been reduced to rubble. To everyone's surprise, not one horse had been found in the barn or anywhere on the property. The next day, the missing horses were found in a pasture a few farms away, all except Puka. How the horses got out of their stalls was often debated, and how they managed to get to their pasture, another big question. The next day, the missing horses were found in a pasture a few farms away, all except for Puka. How the horses got out of their stalls and into another pasture is often debated. Curiously, none of the horses were injured or showed any signs of exposure to smoke. When recounting the story, the barn manager swears the names he heard that night were the names of the horses in the fateful barn. More curious was what happened to Puka. Where did he disappear to? Kyla, though heartbroken, seemed to understand that their time together was over. Although, it seems a few weeks later, she felt a gentle breeze, then a familiar nuzzle and nudge. But she was alone.
So the next time you're alone in your barn and feel a little breeze, you'll know it was Puka. <laughs> Pookie. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a Puka? I've never heard of a Puka before. That was new. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is like the least fear uh, fear emanating name ever. <laughs> and then you felt the dandelion on the back. <laughs> you know, like what? Is that a scary name? Okay. No, I just Googled right. it. It's Fluffy. real. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. The puka. Yep. Oh, okay. It's an oh, Irish okay. hobgoblin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready for the next He's story? Such a cheater, by the way. Cheater That's not of those fair, Glenn. I want effects. some sound effects. Can All right. Put wait, some sound on. effects in my story. Oh yeah, I'll put some sound effects in. Hold. I'll lead you in. Okay. Are you ready? Perfect. Ah. Oh. So our next short story is by Alicia Skye. This is called The Omen Horse. I did not pre-record. I'm reading live. (laughs) Good girl. (laughs) Dolly passed an almost full glass of light-colored beer between her hands, sliding it on the smooth wooden counter. She was lost in her own mind, trying to piece together a million racing thoughts in the dimly lit quiet bar. The bar had an eerie vibe to it, especially since Dolly was the only customer here tonight. Penny for your thoughts? Huh? Dolly responded half-heartedly to the bartender, a bald man with sad, deep-set gray eyes, a gaunt face, dressed in a brown long-sleeve shirt and jeans. The old man finished wiping his hands on a white towel and tossed it over his shoulder. Let me guess. Guy trouble. It's always guy trouble. Dolly glanced up at the man with her dark brown eyes. He had crossed his arms on the counter and leaned forward. His name tag read Walter. I wish. That would be so much easier. Dolly pulled her blue knit sweater sleeves over her hands and rested her elbows on the counter. Well, what is it then? Walter encouraged. Well, there's this property I'm looking at. The one at the end of Douglas Lane? Walter interrupted. How did you know? You walked in here dressed in breeches and boots, and it's the only barn for sale in this miserable town. Yeah, with my grandfather's inheritance, I can finally open my own lesson barn, Dolly said with a sigh. Walter looked at her sideways. You can barely call that rundown structure a barn. The slightest gust of wind, it's going to topple right over. Well, that's one of the problems, Dolly mumbled. If you can fix it, and by fix it, I mean plow it down and rebuild, I think it'd be good having a place for the kids to go play. They've got nothing for them here. You need to watch your back, though, Walter warned. Why? Dolly questioned, skeptical. You haven't heard? Walter asked. And Dolly shook her head no. It's got a proper ghost story to it. Oh, please, those are just some rumors from bored teenagers who've been trespassing to throw parties. Dolly rolled her eyes. No, it's not a rumor. Walter walked around the bar and took a seat beside Dolly. For years, that barn has been plagued by the omen horse. A creature who's part shadow and part skeleton. All black, except for one half of his face that's exposed skull. It's said that anyone who sees the omen horse will experience bad luck and misfortune. Total folklore. Suit yourself, then. Passing up for my smart. So, this is the place, then? Not much to see, Eddie, Dolly's fiancé, said, 
peering out of the pickup truck's windshield. It comes with a ghost. Oh, the omen horse? I figure it's probably just a wolf, Dolly said as she climbed down from the truck. She started to head through the overgrown knee-high grass and weeds to get to the dilapidated barn that did sort of lean to the left with Eddie in tow. Dolly questioned for a moment if it was even sane to enter the barn with its peeling, fading red and white paint. Curiosity pushed away the fear and doubt, and she and Eddie heaved with all of their strength on the heavy door, unsealing the barn for the first time in years. It squealed in protest as the door slid on its rusty tracks. Inside the barn, everything was covered in a thick layer of dust and cobwebs, and most of the dark weathered wood structure looked like it was close to caving in. Across the aisleway was a door labeled Office, and Dolly headed in. The first things to catch her eyes were the old faded pictures and faded ribbons covering most of the dirty white painted walls. Hey, Eddie, come here, Dolly called out, walking around a simple wood table covered in age stained paper. She grabbed one of the pictures, so yellowed with time, off of the wall. What's up? Eddie walked up behind Dolly, placing a hand on her shoulder. This is Walter, that bartender I was telling you about. Dolly placed a finger on a not much younger looking but happier Walter, holding a lead rope that was attached to a chubby medium black pony. Sitting on the pony, tacked in an English saddle, was a little girl gleaming with joy, holding a trophy high over her head. Dolly entered the bar, which was much more crowded and lively than the other night. Picture in hand, she walked over to the counter and took the only seat available. What can I get you? A tall young man with shaggy brown hair and a beard asked while pouring out a drink for a nearby customer. Well, actually, I was wondering when Walter was working next. I have some questions I wanted to ask him. Walter, said the bartender. Walter Douglas? The man in this picture. Dolly held up the framed photo for him. Walter? He's been dead for five Nope, six years. Dolly went cold. The bartender asked, Are you okay? You look like you've seen a ghost. So you really think this is a good idea? Eddie asked, turning on a flashlight, scanning the surrounding forest with its spotlight. We're about to be the owners of this place, so we should really see what this omen horse thing is all about, Dolly said, walking towards one of the paddocks. She climbed up on the rickety fence, took a seat, and turned off her flashlight. She glanced up at the crystal clear starry night. She had so many plans for this place, she could hardly wait. For years, Dolly had been traveling from barn to barn to teach her lessons on random horses she never got a chance to bond with. Eddie climbed up and took a seat next to Dolly. He took her hand and gave her a squeeze. There was a rustle in the tall grass, and Eddie was quick to place his finger on the switch of his flashlight. Don't, Dolly whispered, covering Eddie's hand to stop him. A shadowy figure moved quickly left and then to the right. It's got to be a wolf, right? Dolly told herself as her heart rate quickened. As a small black mass with its white skull exposed on one side of its face glowing in the moonlight stood looking at them in the middle of the paddock, Dolly wondered if the omen horse was real. Okay, now can I turn on my flashlight? Eddie demanded. <laughs> Dolly had a hunch about this so-called omen horse. Moving slowly, as to not make too much noise, she took off her backpack and rummaged inside until she found what she was looking for. She placed a broken-up granola bar on her hand and reached out. As the omen horse approached, its shadowy figure looming closer in the darkness, it greedily ate up the granola, tickling Dolly's hand with its long whiskers. Dolly began to stroke what felt like fluffy fur. Turning on her flashlight, she could see the pony's two-toned face, one side pure black, the other a bright white. So scary. Dolly laughed at the fact that this cute little thing caused so much panic in the small town. 
Isn't this the pony in the picture with Walter? Eddie questioned with relief in his voice. For sure. He must have gotten left behind somehow. Dolly untacked Omen and waved goodbye to the little girl who had just finished her lesson. Dolly smiled with joy as she watched her student skip away towards her father, who was waiting for her at the end of the newly built barn. It had been a long year of hard work since that fateful night. Dolly gave Omen a broken-up granola bar, unclipped the cross ties, letting them swing to the wall with a clang, and turned to walk the pony back to his paddock. She stopped dead in her tracks. A man with sad, deep-set gray eyes, dressed in a brown long sleeve shirt and jeans, stood in the aisle. Thanks for taking care of my pony, Walter said, as a smile lit up his face. His eyes no longer looking sad, but instead sparkling with pride. He took one last look at the pony, who had nickered softly, seeming to recognize his old owner. Walter turned and walked out of the barn without another word. <clears throat> Dolly was quick to follow, dragging the pony behind her. As she stepped out of the barn, she scanned the property, only to see her own horses in the paddocks. Dolly was the last and only person at the barn as dusk fell. Well read. Thank you. That did sound like a recording. That was really good. <laughs> good job. <laughs> That's good, too. I have a lovely Halloween cold brewing, so I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> well, you sounded like it was Halloween. <laughs> you, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> My spooky voice. <laughs> so now really, we have... I like these ghost stories that end, with, you know, all nice. They don't end with someone getting snatched off into the night or a dead body or something awful. So you haven't heard mine yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. And you haven't seen one of Jemmy's movies where she dies in every one that she. That's true. I got to make a Jemmy playlist. (laughs) Only two out of three. (laughs) Put it all in the queue. All right. Let's uh, do a final one here. Jamie is reading this one. Let me. Jamie, let me give me a second here to bring it up. Did you uh, get to my Skype? I Skyped you yes, a message. Yes. For st- I want sound effects too. Y'all are cheaters. Uh, <laughs> cheaters. <laughs> All right. So let's. So do you want an entry? Uh, oh no, horse nation. I don't need your help. I don't need your help. You don't need entry music. Nope. Okay. okay. All right. So um, let me. I, I'm still. Horse Nation's being slow. Apparently, we're crashing it at this point. So Uh-oh. I've blown it up. <laughs> you need to read along. <laughs> All so right, we're ready. When to play this. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> this is a story by Angel Cantrell. Okay. It was a chilly, rainy, gloomy day in October. The sky was gray and the wind blew the rain in sheets. Lady had been napping in the run and shed all morning, and now she was feeling a bit packish. So she meandered out into the weather to find a good snack. The geldings had been huddled miserably in the rain just outside the range of her evil eye, and they took advantage of her leaving to charge hastily into the dry warmth of the run and shed. The pasture was soggy and the rain was beginning to pick up, but she continued unabated. A mare needed to keep her girlish figure, and good clover was only to be found under the big oak tree. She had reached the tree and was munching contentedly when suddenly lightning flashed and thunder boomed across the valley. She spooked playfully and blew her nose, challenging the storm. Lady looked to the sky in the west, waiting for light to come again. It did, closer this time, and the thunder boomed louder. She bucked for joy and began to run, feeling the rain beat against her coat. On she ran, faster and faster. She bucked and played, snorting against the wind. It whipped her mane and she pushed against it, running to the top of the hill in the pasture. She stopped for a moment 
to catch her breath and blew a whistling challenge to the wind. Thunder boomed again, and she bucked and beginning to run down the hill against the wind, reveling in her strength. She was a mare, powerful, strong, all-knowing. Nothing could catch her. Nothing could stop her. Everything bowed before her, the mare. For a few minutes more, she enjoyed her race against the wind, but as she started to tire, she began to circle back to the shed. The geldings were standing like wussies in their shelter, fearing the storm. She stopped and reared, whinnying at the wind. As she landed, she caught sight of something behind her. Whirling around, she blew another challenge, confidence radiating from her, until she actually realized what she saw. It was the most evil and feared creature that a horse will ever see. It was a plastic bag. (gasps) (laughs) It blew towards her large, white, and looming. She froze, waiting to see if it would blow past. The bag blew to and fro, drawing ever nearer, and she snorted uncertainly, watching it closely. Her fine ears twitched towards the geldings and back to the bag, her large, round haunches tensed, ready to spring away. She would not show weakness in front of the geldings, whom had just become aware of the bag that was holding her attention. They paced, calling to her, telling her it was safe in the shed. Lady stood strong, still watching the bag. Deciding it would likely blow on by, she began to walk quickly and deliberately to the shed, determined to show no weakness. All of a sudden, the bag blew directly between her and the shed, heading straight for her. Freezing again, she took one second too long to decide, and instantly the bag blew directly onto the bush in front of her. Frightened, she whirled and bolted, at first cantering just out of reach, but the bag blew off the bush and swooped after her. Annoyed, she turned on the afterburners. Catch her, would it? We would see about that. She galloped up the pasture, becoming more and more alarmed as the bag began to gain ground. Filled with growing dread, Lady galloped onto the stand of trees in the corner of the pasture, attempting to lose her pursuer. She looked behind her and bucked in victory, not seeing the white crackling villain. However, she celebrated too early, for it descended silently only a few feet in front of her. She dropped her haunches to a stop, sliding across the ground as she tried to turn away. Dread turned to terror when the bag brushed her flanks, and she turned to run back, galloping at top speed. She did not look back to see if it was behind her. The pasture was several acres, and the gate was down by the run and shed at the opposite end of the pasture from the trees. Her lungs and legs burned as she pushed for the gate. There was no one who could help her now, no one except the humans. She would run to the gate and make these humans bring her into the barn away from the wild plastic bag. She, lady, would pace a hole in the ground until they brought her in. No, she would not stop at that. She was a mare. She did not deserve this injustice. She would tear that gate down and then come back later to deal with those useless geldings. Mind made up. She pushed herself to gallop faster. Still not slowing to discover if the bag was following. Lady made the final turn before the gate, readying for a burst for her powerful body to tear it down. She would just run right through the damn thing if that's what it took. Just as the gate and the water drop came into sight, she saw them. It was a coven of plastic bags! They floated ethereally in the air surrounding the water trough in the gate, and she counted more than five, and horror overcame her mind as she realized that this was it for her. Legs flailing, she put all four in reverse and stopped hard in a wash of water and mud. One of the plastic bags noticed her and turned and pointed at her. She started to back away when her legs touched. Water? 
Horrified, she looked down. She was standing on a muddy island surrounded by water, and a moat of water was widening before her eyes too far to jump. It started to encroach on her island, which grew smaller and smaller, heading for her hooves. Other bags were visible in the water, just like the ones in front of her. Terrified, she reared, trying to keep her hooves away from the ones in the water. She closed her eyes as she landed, waiting to be pulled under and killed. As her hooves came down, they landed in a small puddle. Eyes squeaked, squeezed tightly shut. Lady did a check of her body. Except for the heavy breathing and tired muscles, she felt nothing. And then she heard, was that laughter? She opened her eyes and there in front of her were the humans. She watched them bewildered, trying to figure out why they were laughing, why no one was comforting her, or putting out a bounty on plastic bags. One of them held something out to her. She pulled back at first, but the human talked softly and she came up to smell it. The plastic bag. It was a poncho. Another human revealed themselves from under another poncho. The humans were the coven of floating plastic bags at the gate. She snorted suspiciously, eyeing them. She stepped back. The water splashed and she blew it also. Where had the water come from? Looking past the human, she saw a broken pipe. The humans were out here fixing a broken pipe in the rain. She pricked her ears looking for the geldings. Were, were they laughing too? Oh no. The humans were laughing and now she realized they were laughing at her. Lady shook her mane and pinned her ears, giving them her best mare glare. Laugh at her, would they? Oh, they'd pay. They'd all pay. Her ears pinned back and her nose wrinkled tight. They were the ones who should be filled with horror. Because now she would show them where they could stick their laughter. And the weeks after the bag incident, many strangely malevolent things happened. Every hoofpick in the barn went missing. All of the polos became unrolled, and every fly spray bottle stopped working. Someone spilled the grain bags and knocked over a haystack, making a huge mess, but no suspect was ever found. All of the horse's shoes were found mangled beyond repair in a pile in the woods, and every blanket was ripped, straps destroyed. The geldings lived in fear, never knowing when their next scrape would come, for they had all incurred the wrath of a mare. <laughs> <laughs> Well read. Yay. Well written, too. <laughs> I think that one wins. What do you guys think? I think that the story wins. The reading was great. You, you got that one. That was that story was written for Jamie, I think. Yes, it was. It was so <laughs> written well written for Jamie to read. <laughs> because I have a pregnant mare who's literally kicking the crap out of all my geldings. It's amazing. <laughs> She's five and a half months pregnant. She can barely move. It's her sixth baby. She is literally like an elephant on toothpicks. And they, she looks at them and they're like, I'm so sorry for living. <laughs> sorry. I'll go kill myself. I'm sorry. I'll go kill myself. I'll go, I'll go drown in the pot. Uh, I'm out of here. I've lost my voice. Love you guys. We've all seen this mirror. You're not out of here yet. We have, we have an announcement today. <laughs> Oh, fine. <laughs> I wanted to like drop the mic and walk off the screen. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I did that. You don't get that privilege. All right. Kristen does, though. Thank you so much, Kristen, for organizing this again this year. You can find, of course, all the terrific fun articles and all the cool stuff they do over at horsenation.com. It is truly unique. It is the most fun uh, horsey website on the internet today. And that's largely because of Kristen. So thank you so much Yay! for joining us. 
Good job. You. Thanks for having me back. And Kristen and uh, Kristen will be joining us along with Leslie. Uh, they'll be joining us in the last hour of Radiothon again this year, the eight to nine hour where we all get together and just have a party at the end. Woo, uh, that's all. Chris, Kristen, I, you know, I, I asked her if she wanted to do any of the work things earlier, like where you actually interview people and, you know, talk. And she said, hell no, I'm there for the beer. So that's it. Kristen is there at eight o'clock. <laughs> First so. Nation brings the party every year. <laughs> that's true. For four years. So thanks, Kristen. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Happy Halloween. So we do have a... Uh, that was very fun. That was fun. And well read there, Jamie. Thank you. So we do have an announcement today about uh, starting next week, for the first time in eight years, going into our ninth year, we're going to be changing the time of the show in the morning. So yes. we're the live show. It won't matter to people who listen recorded. <laughs> uh, so the live show will start at 10 o'clock. So we'll go from 10 to 11.30 Eastern time. Uh, for those listening right now, this is live. This is not pre-produced, okay? This is the magic of live radio. <laughs> I know you thought it was like, I know you thought we'd like rehearse this, but we haven't. <laughs> it's just as it is. Yeah, that's... Cut, that's... hold on, cut. Let's start that over. <clears throat> it's just as it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll see that's not been edited out. So... Um... <laughs> So yes, they uh, we are changing to ten o'clock, and that'll be from now on. So I know yeah, that some just, of you will be upset because you listen on your way to work or whatever, and it worked out fine. Uh, we posted the auto room, and actually the response was mostly good, with people from the West Coast saying, "Hey, I can listen now." So yeah, right. I've been getting up. Uh, I can't believe I've been getting up for eight years at four thirty in the morning, and now I move closer to you and we push the time back <laughs> what the I, hell no i know and i will probably pick on you that about that forever so yeah saying. exactly yeah. so that's uh that's what'll happen now the light or the recorded show it'll come out probably by 12 30 every day we can't guarantee by noon every day but by about 12 30 the recorded show will come out so for the people who listen recorded it's really not going to be any change at all for you this story the the format's the same we're really not changing anything else other than the time i just need to get my kid off to school and glenn thank you for being such an awesome well actually uh, when you mentioned it i my first impression was we doing it this way for nine years jamie we're not changing it ever again I know. I, I was there. And uh, <laughs> then I got to thinking, Jen, Jennifer and I were talking about it. We were going, wait a minute. We could play with our horses before the show in the morning, and I would be so stressed having to get up at 4 o'clock. And it was like, oh, yeah, this is a good idea, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific <Cheers>. idea. <laughs> I can feed and get my kid off to school. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and we can play with our ponies and actually uh, have a little life before the show every morning. So uh, that's cool. what's going to happen. And we'll look forward to that. Uh, also, don't forget to start thinking about your holiday entries for Radiothon. I had a bunch of confirmations yesterday about prizes, and we're stacking up to well over $4,000 in prizes. So you definitely want to get your entries in. Go to HolidayRadiothon.com. And today is also the last day to get your entry in for the oh, yeah. Kelly Hart Jewelry. The ke and find that on our Facebook page. Scroll down. Do you see a doggy picture? You can submit your picture of your doggy, and he will make a custom piece of jewelry worth $2,500 of your doggy. What are you going to give me for winning the reading contest? Um, I'm going to give you an apology. Because <laughs> during... During the, which I don't do very often, so. I'm like, what? For what? <laughs> this is weird. So during uh, the reading uh, that Kristen was doing, I said, Jamie, quit making so much noise. There's a lot of noise in the background. And she's, she's like, 
I'm on mute. And then Jemmy chipes in, hey, I'm on mute too. Um, so I just got a note from Kristen that said, oh my God, cats are Halloween blank holes and busted into my office. I hope they weren't super noisy. <laughs> it was her cats. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so yes they were super noisy and they are blank holes uh also both. <laughs> we'll be, neuter and geld people we'll be back tomorrow with the driving episode and then back on friday get your ads into jennifer at get your ads into jennifer at horseradionetwork.com you're really bad ads or on the app now much to jamie's chagrin there's a record button you can actually go to the Horse Radio Network app, hit record, and record your ad, and auto send it right to us. I so. think that um, you're going to regret that, Glenn. <laughs> you keep saying that. You, keep- you can auto listen to the show and then comment about how terrible. Yeah, you can do that too. <laughs> you can do that too. Happy Halloween! I'm going to go get my green face paint on. me. <laughs>